You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are about to break the surly bonds of gravity and punch the face of God. I wish I was a little bit Left Jab Productions present Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. And now your host, Dave Zarn. The Schmada Kid. Boom. Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Seahawks lost. Joined, as always, by a man whose favorite football team was gifted the Super Bowl. DB, does it feel better or worse when something's given to you? Because my son hates it when I let him win. Did we watch the same game? Because I don't think the Seahawks scored 28 points. No. And I'm pretty sure the Patriots did and the Seahawks didn't. All I know is Pete Carroll. I don't know where they were gifted. I know what they were gifted. Pete Carroll has finally completed his Manchurian candidate mission that started in 1996 and has led the Patriots to a Super Bowl. Uh, joined, as always, by the coach, Kevin McNutt. How you doing, coach? D.C., show no mercy, baby. Wear them out, man. They, their hearts are broken. Their wallets are broken. I don't understand, man. Get them, D.C. Get that's, not, that's not all that's broken. I think Julian Edelman's broken based on Tinder. Uh, joined also... As always, by the man himself, me, Mark Barry. How you feeling, my brother, from man, the Pacific Northwest? Man, I'm man, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I looked at you, and like in the middle of the third quarter, I was like, it's going to be a 17-point win for the Seahawks, and it was almost there. But then they stomped on my dreams. Wait, the football messiah thought it was going to be a 17-point win for the Seahawks. Sure was. Sure would have been. And I think it was a four-point loss. Yeah, and... Pitiful. Uh, now, it was a... I mean, Go it's past. one of those games where, I mean, you just wonder why. And everyone will always feel deflated after this game. People will feel deflated. Spied deflated. on. I mean, I feel like my soul has been spied upon. Yeah. Here we go. And, deflated, spied on. And, Come um, on. Use this last week. Come on. New material time. But, you know, the Stop real winner, the real winner oh, you mean of this game. the one game, football that was a little bit under. 11. I can, you, no, 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 no. I just we, know the real we'll winner of this that. game has to be Bill Belichick's daughter because, wow, did she get a kiss after that game from Papa Bill. <laughs> that was beautiful. I mean, if I had Bill Belichick in a press conference, I don't know if I would ask about spying, deflating, or whether his daughter has any new cavities. I mean, it's 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 weird to see Bill Belichick love anything, honestly. Oh, that's true, and that's what made it nice. Sad guys, this <laughs> that's is what real made it sad. a little extra nice. This is sad. But wow, yeah, you know what? It is sad. And after <laughs> no, the you break, guys are sad. after the break, we're going to assess um, uh, a theory that actually exists inside the Seattle locker room about what happened, and I just want to get people's thoughts about the veracity. Uh, or lack thereof, of this theory. I really want to know what folks think about it. And once again, I, I, just, I just can't believe the Seattle Seahawks didn't win the Super Bowl. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. 
Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio. My mood is picked up a little bit because I just found out that because misery loves company and I wanted more miserable company in the studio, David Steele, the great sports writer, I mean, just one of the great columnists uh, that we have in this country, is actually going to be in studio with us for the last two segments. Man of Steel is here. I feel a little more yes. fortified yes. Uh, because, honestly, this is why I needed to feel fortified. And you should, you, should tell me, you should tell me if this is an overstatement, but I feel like since the Patriots won and the Seahawks lost that the forces of reaction and ill will in this country are standing up a little bit straighter today. And everybody who actually has to work for a living, everybody who has to deal with the boot of the police as part of their daily lives are walking with their backs a little more bent. This is because the team that with the slogan of do your job won, just just for the record. And the coach who wears the shirt that says don't tread on me. Uh, And with with the tight end who brags about not having read a book since ninth grade. And you know if Marshawn said that, uh, there would be like a congressional investigation. True. I'll give you that one. All right. Well, thank you, coach. (laughs) I see, coach, I know what buttons to push with you to get you back on my side. It's like that's so. That's that's I love about you. But let me go through this very quickly, and then, um, mean Mark, I definitely want your thoughts about it because I just background. I just happened to write a column this week that, by page views, is the most read column I've ever done, and it happened after the game. And all I want to do is explain it, and people let them know, and just hear what people think about it. Let me. It starts with this. Uh, I got a message from inside the Seahawks locker room right after that devastating game. Somebody in it, just shell shocked, just said they didn't want Marshawn to be the hero. They didn't want Marshawn to be the hero. Uh, and then I saw that and I said, "Wow, they're really upset there because they 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 feel like everybody else. Why didn't Marshawn Lynch get that ball to just pound it over the one yard line?" Then I uh, read in Mike Silver's column on NFL.com. You know the most. Uh, one of the most well-known sports columnists, NFL columnists in the country, has a similar anonymous quote from the locker room from someone who I know for a fact to be a different person. And so I wrote it up. And I wrote it up and said, why is it that someone would even think that there would be a conspiratorial effort to make Russell Wilson the hero and not Marshawn Lynch? Why would that even happen? And then went through... Just what we all know, that Russell Wilson is the face of the franchise, that Russell Wilson does the pitch-perfect interviews that nobody ever remembers when he's done. I called him Derek Jeter with a Bible. And Marshawn Lynch is Marshawn Lynch. And if you don't know what that means by now, I have no idea why you're even listening to this show. And so then a couple of questions rise from this. The first is, would a coach ever put sentiment or bias ahead of, or optics, ahead of results at a moment like that. Trust me, I got tons of emails and tweets telling me that my head was up my ass for thinking that a coach would ever put one over that. And then the second question that goes with that is, uh, would a coach ever uh, put someone out there on the field who should not necessarily be there out on the field because of sentiment. Because they're just saying that, that none of that happens. It's not true. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, other, the other point also is, uh, would a player ever say that a coach was crazy and say, no, we're running our own play? So those are the two big questions. I jumbled it a little bit. But like, would a coach ever put sentiment ahead of results? Or would players ever just say, this is crazy, don't do it? And I talked to a lot of pro athletes. Let me just tell you what, what people came down with. 
Um, basketball players say, absolutely, we would run our own play if we thought the coach was crazy. And I've talked to some NBA players about this this week. If we thought the situation warranted it, we would be like, screw that. We're waving this off and doing our own thing and deal with the consequences later. Football, much more authoritarian structure. So it's hard for me to fault Wilson and the, and the huddle for not just saying, screw it, let's just give it to Lynch. Because it's sort of like asking them not to be football players. Ask them to do something that's fundamentally against the general DNA that exists in football. Especially when you're talking about a young quarterback like Russell Wilson, not a 37-year-old who's going to wave off the play. The second thing, though, everybody has said to me, and I, I just want to yell this out to all the right-wing yahoos who've gotten in touch with me and said I don't know anything about sports. I've talked to a lot of professional athletes this week, and everybody has said, of course coaches think about optics in the big moments. Of course they do. Of course they think about who they want to make the play, not just can the play get done. Of course, because other than Bill Belichick, they're human beings. I mean, Bill Belichick is the only one who I would say, yeah, he probably wouldn't care about optics. He probably doesn't care. He would just be thinking, ah, ah, Vereen fumbles, ah, get him out of there. But everybody else thinks about this thing. And that's why I give Belichick all the credit in the world for one thing. All the credit in the world. The decision, which he, believe me, would have been roasted for if the Seahawks had scored. The decision to not call a timeout as the clock was winding down. Yes. The decision, what that did, and it's obvious what that did, is that it turned up the mental synapses on all the Seahawks players. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in my heart of hearts, I don't know why I believe this, but I believe that if Belichick had called the timeout to save it for Brady, it would have sent a generalized message that they're going to give up this score. Pete Carroll would have grounded his feet and said maybe, ah, screw the whole Russell Wilson thing. Let's just pound it in and deal. Which they did in a Super Bowl against the Giants, and it exactly. didn't work. Exactly, and so Bel- it didn't work at all. And so Belichick clearly learning from that, because remember, I- Ahmad Bradshaw didn't even want to score that touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's how it's felt, set up, it felt, to everybody on the field. Like Bradshaw was almost like, oh, maybe I should go down at the one-foot line, lean over in that last Giants-Patriots Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. In this case, Belichick made the decision to turn up the heat. And Carroll was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, we're about to win the Super Bowl. Let Russell do it. Let Russell do it. Let Russell do it. Interception. The first interception ever thrown from the one-yard line the entire season in the National Football League. So I throw to you, Mark. Maybe this isn't a conspiracy. Maybe this is just a coach overthinking something. Maybe I'm overstating it. Maybe I'm over-racializing it. But I ask you, what do you think? Wow. Uh, honestly, with, with the, the Belichick coaching, the not calling the timeout, this is the first time I'd ever thought about that. That is because I, I was sitting on the couch with you and we, we thought that it was a stupid decision that Belichick wasn't calling the timeout on that, for one. Uh, when, you're, when you're talking about the, that game, I, and I, I stand by it. I think that <clears throat> the Seahawks had multiple opportunities in the, the, end, the end of the third and the beginning of the fourth quarter to put that game away. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. The Patriots came back. It was a fantastic comeback. But when you come down, you have that final drive. You have the remarkable circus catch from Jermaine Curse. You get that run from Lynch to get it to the one-yard line. I think that Pete Carroll thinks deeply about what people think about him and what the people think about uh, his team. I think that in that moment, he weighed the options. He weighed the uh, Marshawn Lynch on the podium. And then thinking about Russell Wilson, thinking about Carroll and Wilson being Belichick and Brady at that point. It's like it's repeating what has happened previously, having Super Bowl teams winning with that singular great quarterback and wanting to be part of that rather than rather than 
depend on what Marshawn Lynch is going to be in terms of like a symbol of the team. And I think he decided to throw the ball, which is not theoretically not a terrible decision. I mean, it was a bad pass and it was it was clearly a great defensive play to do it. But the only logical situation, the only logical thing to do is to run Lynch there. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a it was a terrible mistake that I don't know if the franchise comes back from immediately. Wow, that last part is something. Let's put put a pin in that because yeah. when we get back to David Steele, I actually want to ask him about that. But coach, your thoughts? Man, you guys are way off base. So far, I, this is ridiculous. I, I'm I'm disgusted by the whole conversation. First question. First first question. I got to ask you: What is Pete Carroll's motivation to do that? You haven't made that clear. Secondly, you know, I mean, we, we got a break here, so we got to get out of here. Maybe Dave with Dave. We can, David Steele, we can get more on this. And the other one is, um, uh, I lost my train of thought, but I'm, I'm so incensed by this because Pete You're Carroll- You're incensed by Mark and me. Yes. And, and the whole topic of, of conspiracy, what, what was his rationale for wanting Wilson to do it? Pete Carroll's DNA from USC shows you that he was one of the best at, at uh, making a locker room come together. He, Belichick Parcells, uh, at USC- he was known for working the community hard. He's the one that made USC a power because he 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 had relationships with the Bloods and the Crips in the community. He's never been there, so I don't understand that. And that's the first question I want to know: Why? What is his, what is his motivation? Then I'll tell you more why he wasn't thinking of this at that time. We're up against a break. Well, I'll tell you this: I'll give you the first word after we introduce David Steele to finish your thoughts. Uh, this is Edge of Sports Radio. I'm Dave Zirin. We'll be back right after this. One, one, two, two. don't one. Move. Dave Zirin will be right back with more Edge of Sports Radio. You're listening to Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We are back here on Edge of Sports Radio, joined, I told you it was going to happen, by the Star Lord himself, <laughs> NFL writer, Sporting News, David Steele. How are you doing, David? I'm doing great now with that intro. I'm, uh, I'm very impressed and, and a little bit stunned, actually. Awesome. Well, I, I heard you got a Pete Carroll story for us as yes. uh, Coach was just letting us know how Pete Carroll rehabilitated that notorious blood, Carson Palmer, and somehow got him to, to clean up his act. See? See? <laughs> Pete Carroll is the Jim Brown of uh, he's the white Jim Brown. He's the white Jim Brown. Of, uh, yeah, he all the gang truces that Pete Carroll organized. He he said to Matt Leinart, he said, "What kind of man do you want to be? Any man can take a life. Can you raise one?" And Matt Leinart said, "No, dude. I think I'm just gonna impregnate some more ladies." And he's like, "I lost Leinart. Stay on point. I lost Leinart. Stay, okay. stay on point. Stay on Sorry, point. I'm doing Pete yeah. Carroll, suburban I, gang I, I, intervener. I'm just, I'm just saying, Pete uh, resurrected USC football, and that's one of the reasons why. And reaching out to the community there, and that's why I'm saying I don't understand why you're saying he has a is, issue on whether Wilson, the good old." Uh, not black enough quarterback versus Lynch is the MVP, which, is, by the way, is a subjective thing that he has no control over. I say to you that Lynch, if, if Wilson had even thrown the TD pass, Lynch, who had 100 yards at that point and a touchdown and a 31-yard catch, still would have been the MVP. That's another point. But here it is. Gentlemen, how can you say this seriously, that a coach, that uh, that – 31-7, 31-8, coaches, NFL coaches still have their starters on the line. I'll give you an example. Everybody was criticizing the Cowboys for having uh, DeMarco Murray and Romo playing 30, 31-7 on the Redskins and so forth because coaches never take anything for granted. They are singular and obsessed about the W. Now, you guys are turning that around to say that Pete Carroll 
said the game, the Super Bowl is in the bag because he's had the ball at the one-yard line, trailing by four, and that he is so arrogant and so self-satisfied that the win is mine that I'm thinking whether Wilson should get the MVP or Lynch should get the MVP. That is ludicrous thinking. Yeah, it is ludicrous thinking, and you know when ludicrous thinking happens? When 150 million people are watching you, when the clock is winding down from 30, when your palms are sweating, your brain is sweating, you think the Patriots have already decided to seed this touchdown, Which and your did. head is going, yeah, and that was Belichick's genius. Okay. And so, that was Belichick's genius in that moment, is that he didn't go according to the script that everybody on that field, including perhaps Marshawn Lynch, going down at the one on the previous play. I don't believe for a second that Hightower wait, wait, brought Dave. him down. So, 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 so Dave, that defeats your argument, because... You're saying if Belichick had called a timeout and conceded, then then, then he could think about it. Yes. But, but Belichick said, let him play football. So now he's got to think about, i got to get a play in here. Yes. i got to call the right play. And you're saying Not just beyond the right calling play. the right or calling a play, he was going to call a play for Wilson because he wants to be the MVP. I don't. That, that's ludicrous. A coach must – he wants to win the you know game what else first was ludicrous? First. You know what else was ludicrous? John McNamara in the 86 World Series having Bill Buckner out there in the 10th inning. Agreed. That was ludicrous. Agreed. It happens. Coaches get sentimental, other than Bill Belichick. They have favored players. And you haven't answered Can, me the sentimentality here. We have a guest. We have yeah, a guest. I'm asking Dave the same question because he's, he's with you guys. We talked off stage. Dave, he's, 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 David, his heart is bleeding. David, answer that question. Eat the mic. Eat the mic, David. Eat the mic. I have a great example to support because you mentioned uh, John McNamara in 1986. I got an even better one. Grady Little, 2000, what, three? Three. Yeah, when Pedro. Yeah, with Pedro. Kept Pedro in okay. because he wanted yeah, yeah. he wanted he he wanted Pedro to finish that game. And I'll give you another one. And this this absolutely killed me because this is the this is the world championship I, that he needs to have right now because he would be in the Hall of Fame right now as a manager. Dusty Baker. Oh, I sat there not at the stadium because I was out covering covering the actual the, actually it was a Raiders game two World years Series. ago. Two thousand two World Series. You know this whole. Handing the ball to Russ Ortiz and all this other stuff, and just just making a dramatic, making an emotion, making his emotions rule the day. Angels came back, won the game, won the series. Turning point. You know, yeah, everybody's human. It happens. Okay, okay. They're all human. But, but, but David, they're all answer, human. Answer this question. See here, Pete Carroll's motivation versus to have Wilson versus Lynch for the MVP, which he has no control over, by the way. Which you now that is an excellent point because that was totally out of his hands because Marshawn Lynch could have mm-hmm. scored that touchdown. There's an excellent chance, understanding what everything had gone on that past week, he would not have been voted the MVP. No, that's very true. And you know what? It's Which a very is, good chance Chris Hardball uh, Matthews, Chris Matthews would have been the MVP. That, but, it, but it's not even about – Coach, you are way too obsessed about the well, MVP, MVP in this well, he, well, yeah, the, the real question is who's the, the hero? It's not about the MVP. It's who's the hero. The hero of the game would have been whoever scored the winning touchdown. And that's when it's a quarterback, it's hero, that would have been the unfair. That would have been the moment that would be for, I'm just, remembered okay, forever. Hero MVP, you still haven't answered the question about why he <laughs> would do it. I'll answer it very easily. Uh, Russell Wilson is 26 years old. He is about to get a mammoth contract. He's not even into the prime of his career. And Pete Carroll would be tying his future, his legacy, his own Hall of Fame chances to this individual. Marshawn Lynch is 29 years old. He probably, if he wants it, will get a nice new contract from the Seahawks based on this last run, although that's what reports are telling us. But we also know as a stone-cold fact um, running backs age like wine, which by that I mean they turn into vinegar. He's 29. He could fall off a cliff like another certain Seahawks running back, Sean Alexander, did at any moment. So who do you tie yourself with at this particular moment? All I'm saying, you know, Coach, now please keep in mind. Yes, please keep in mind. I'm not even sure 
how much I even stand with this theory. What what bothers me is that you don't think that coaches do this. Oh, no, I, I, I do when, think coaches do this. I hope so because I've asked all these pros this week and they all say right, coaches right. do this. Okay, okay, but two, two things, two things. Um, his legacy would say he is 2-0 and with a back-to-back Super Bowl if he wins, if Lynch wins or Wilson scores. Sure. Okay, that's it. And, yes, coaches do that, but not at that particular moment because he, they do stuff like that, um, not not with the game in the balance. I just can't – they are thinking of the best scenario that can help them win. I don't think they're thinking about those – too big a word for me. No, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I just, I, side note before Mark comes in, I heard Scott Van Pelt uh, on ESPN Radio, he did a pretty brilliant um, uh, soliloquy about the fact that Joe Gibbs did something remarkable in that he won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, yet – because it was three different quarterbacks, and because he's not tied to an individual quarterback, he doesn't get nearly the respect that other great coaches get, like a Bill Walsh or even people like Mike Ditka, so tied with that with that team, or Bill Parcells and Phil. It's like it's a or obviously Brady and Belichick that it actually, if you can't tie a coach with a quarterback, it actually diminishes you. In the eyes of history, because that's how the NFL tells stories. They tell them on the field. Who's going to watch an NFL video about the greatness of Mark Rippon? It's just, it's not going to happen. So the things don't get relived over and over again in the same way. I, th- I, th- I think that I, a lot, a lot of this is either or. It's like you feel that that. Carroll thought that it was either Russell Wilson or it was going to be Marshawn Lynch. I think he fully thought there's 24 seconds left. They have a timeout. You go with a first pass. It's like it's first first and goal at this point. Second, second and goal. Second. So it's like so you have with a, one timeout in the bag. With one timeout in the bag, you you throw you throw one in the end zone, and if and you have two runs with Marshawn Lynch at, after that if you want. So and that's I, what he said afterwards, and that's the part that blows my mind though. Is the reason why there had been no interceptions from the one is that when quarterbacks do throw from the one, it tends to be what I call the Calvin Johnson throw. Where you throw it high and outside, mm-hmm. and it's either incomplete or it's a touchdown. They a don't crossing pattern, but they, they don't and, they don't have that wide receiver on the Seahawks. They don't exactly. have somebody to do and that. that. And that and that's exactly what it is. If you're gonna ma- if you're gonna call a play like that, it says you're our quarterback. You're gonna win this game, knowing who that quarterback is, and knowing who those receivers are. Why do you call that play? Well, and I that's what throws a wrench in all of this. They did have that receiver, but it just took the Patriots two and a half to three quarters to actually realize they should put their tallest corner, Brandon Browner, on Matthews. Yeah, because Matthews scored on essentially the same play earlier in the game. Uh, well, there you go. Is that yeah. Matthews who scored at the end of the half? I thought that was actually Lockett who scored on the, the end of the half. Was on? No, it was Matthews. That was Matthews. Got that, that was the Matthews. outside shoulder. Yeah. yeah, on the outside shoulder. But again, it's okay. like yeah, Browner. No, Browner absolutely shut him down on that, yeah. and they, they they didn't have but, any. But, and that, and that. that further informs Pete Carroll and Daryl Bevel. Yeah, but mainly Pete Carroll. You mean because condemns. Pete Carroll? So yeah, yeah. Thank <laughs> Indicts. You. It tells you, don't do that. Don't run, don't run that play. Here's what here's what's being left out of all this. This what drives you crazy. If you wanted to make. Russell B, the hero, and this, you know, then totally debunk. It just sort of makes you wonder what exactly was going through his head if it was not to mm-hmm. manufacture the hero of this game. He could have made Russell Wilson the hero of this game if he just let Russell Wilson do what Russell Wilson does best. Right. And it's not throwing quick slants to <laughs> an aight wide receiver as he's been described yeah. in many like, other like places. Like he's you know, Tom Brady. Because you don't throw that unless you know that receiver can, can handle that. Mm-hmm. You roll him out, you mm-hmm. you get him in the, you get him on the move, mm-hmm. you run that read option. Mm-hmm. There are a million things. You you could run a you could run a list of ten different things they could have done just with Russell Wilson himself. Yeah. And, and you know, that slant would have been like 
at the bottom. And you want to talk about this? There's a deja vu that I've only realized in the days afterwards because, frankly, you only really think about this in such great detail when it's your team that loses. That's when you become CSI and dissect it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and I'll give you an example. Like when the, I'm a Ravens fan generally, and when the Ravens beat the 49ers, my whole attitude was just like, hey, the Ravens won. Like I was kind of like the way Dan is today, you know, like just a big meathead, just being like whoop de doo. What's the worries? There you know, just like, no, no, that's no. Funny. I'm saying I was also a meathead. Um, but but oh, my good friend, who's a San Francisco 49ers fan, Maurice, who is at my house. Mm-hmm. Maurice is a 49ers diehard, and Maurice was like, "This reminds me so much of those last plays in the Super Bowl. You have Colin freaking Kaepernick." Why don't you roll him out? Why don't he said actually the same thing you just said, David? He said, "Why aren't they having Colin do what Colin does?" Well, why killed and you know, and day. why and it's a very similar thing because it's like why is it? And we talk about sentiment and choices other than just winning the game. Why did Jim Harbaugh feel like that moment, that Super Bowl winning moment, he need, he needed to brand Colin Kaepernick as the pocket passer he's always wanted him to be mm-hmm. instead of having Colin do what Colin do? Taking the ball out of his hands. Because that's what Carroll did to his shame is he took the ball out of the hands of his playmakers, Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch, yes, and made Lockett the playmaker of that play. Yes, he did. I mean, I, mean, I, 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 will, I, will, say that, uh, I will say that throughout the entire game, Wilson had one uh, kind of decent run that, that came off a scramble. They didn't call runs, and the reason they didn't do that is because the Patriots did a great job of spying him. They, 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 prob- they probably did dur- um, would on that play if they had as well. I think that's a lot on the defense. But then what you do is you hand the ball off then, because that's the great thing about the option yep. Russell Wilson can mm-hmm. decide. Let's still go to break. We still got to hear the Carroll story. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Dave Zirin will continue with Edge of Sports Radio after the break. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. We are back here on Edge of Sports Radio. Coach called me a baby during the break. All three of you a baby. If by Pay that, your bookies <laughs> off and stop crying, you babies. If by that you mean that I uh, have been wetting myself and crying myself to sleep uh, since the Super Bowl, you're absolutely correct. Tell your audience this is baby. Thursday and you guys are still crying like little babies. Um, yeah, no. I've it, also it, been spitting up. So. Yeah, I know, <laughs> spitting up too. But look, let, let's, let's put the attention now. On another person who admitted recently that he's been crying in the middle of the night every day this week, and that is Pete Carroll. Uh, that's true. No, he said he's waking yeah, up he at did. 4 a.m. crying. Uh, you had said you had a Pete Carroll story. Yeah. Um, Talk to me, Steele. Now this is the now this this is the play of his NFL coaching career that's gonna that he's gonna have to drag around for the rest of his uh, rest of his rest of his life. Correct. Yes. He had a similar play at USC that we all remember. Fourth and, Fourth and two. Fourth and two. Lendale White. Lendale White. Instead of, arguably, the greatest running back of the college running back of the last decade. Mm-hmm. But the biggest threat, sort of the Russell Wilson of running backs at the, at the time, uh, didn't give him the ball. Didn't he? He wasn't even on the field. Why? that? You know, it raises the same questions. Why would you, as a coach, in that position, knowing what's on the line, why would you make a call like that? It's, it can't possibly be because he's a bad coach. Because he's not a bad coach. He's not a bad coach. He's, he's an outstanding, he's an outstanding coach, to, be, coach. Win, to win on those two levels. That's the thing. I don't know if I have an answer, but for that to have happened twice in his coaching career at the very peak of when he could set himself apart from everywhere else, he makes that first down. They win that game, regardless of all the other allegations everything that went on at, at USC. He might still be coaching there right now. 
or at the very least would be on the short list of when people talk about great dynasties. Right. Okay. Now watch this, David. Do you see a tie-in to that? Because some people try to tie that into the call that he made Sunday. Oh, I see it. Getting ahead of yourself, getting having your head too big, and thinking it literally doesn't matter what I do and what I say and what I call and who I call it for. I'm going to be right. Mm. That's some of it, I think. I, think, I also yeah, that, that yeah, that's part of it. I don't think it's everything, but that's I think it applies in both. Cases. I, I also don't. I I think that coaches with egos sometimes take the ball out of their best playmakers' hands mm-hmm. at critical moments because mm-hmm. yeah. they they think put the play mm-hmm. above all else. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, their system. Like, yeah. Yeah, I will win. The play yeah. and the system somehow get this idea, and that's actually in a weird way what makes Brady such a perfect fit for Belichick because Brady is gets that ball out quickly. You know, so Brady fits into that system so perfectly. And there's never the case of saying to Tom Brady, okay, you need to use your feet to help us win this game or anything like that. You know, they've also never had the kind of groundbreaking running back who they've depended on on a week-in, week-out basis. Mm-hmm. Um, the, best, the best running back they've probably had was clock-killing Corey Dillon, and, so good. <laughs> and who I'm a huge fan of, yeah. and by the way, tragically, is from Seattle. Um, <laughs> tying everything back to the Seattle. And I'm, just, I'm very All upset by this. I'm very upset by this also because I love the city of Seattle. I'm still heartbroken over what happened with the Sonics. Yes. Um, and also, I know what... The, those players, I mean, what Marshawn Lynch, you know, and, and all his, you know, I mean, it's just like to see Stephen A. Smith, and this isn't Tom Brady's fault, this isn't Dan Baker's fault, but to see Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless go off on Mike and Mike about how awful Marshawn Lynch is for the black community, and they racialize, like people say I racialized stuff, they racialized it and went after him, and you know that doesn't happen if the Seahawks win. So because they lose, everybody who's either wanted to tell Richard Sherman to shut up or tell Marshawn Lynch to just go to hell, they then get the platform to do that. And that, that just it really, really upsets me. And once again, I want to be clear about this. You know, Patriots won that game. More power to them. Uh, but but it's, it's not their fault for this. Although it, it does drive me a little bit crazy to see LeGarrette Blunt, him with his 2.3 yard per carry game and no mm-hmm. touchdowns, hold up a shirt that says, quote unquote, bitch mode. About Marshawn Lynch. Mm. It's sexist. It's misogynistic. It's disgusting. And for a player who's gotten second chance after second chance, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, of all people, mm-hmm. should be cutting people a break or should have some sense of solidarity, I should say, with being a running back. And that's the kind of thing that, that just, I mean, it, just, it really bothers me. It really upsets me. Like the idea that you're going to ground glass into a team. Well, especially when you didn't exactly show up at the Super Bowl to do anything special either. It makes me very upset. There should be some level of respect among the players in this league, knowing what they do, what they go through, mm-hmm. the, the the toll it takes on them mentally, physically, mm-hmm. psychologically, and especially the way they won that game, what it, what both teams went through to, to, to play in a game that came down to literally the final play of the mm-hmm. game. What, what does it serve you to, to, to do that? Yeah, what is what, you know? Where, where does it get you? It's not a stop. And what did they do personally to him, or to the Patriots? Seriously, that that deserved a response like that. Well, See, that's that's that is bothersome. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. and so before uh, Mark, I want to get your thoughts here, if I could. Um, the Seahawks, unlike the Patriots, um, have a core of stars who are under the age of twenty six or twenty six and under. That other than Lynch, that is their star core mm-hmm. is twenty six and under. 
Um, and there's actually there's no team in the NFL that can say that their star core is 26 and under, and they've been to two straight Super Bowls. So the question I have for you, Mark, what does this do to what looked to be an emerging Seahawks dynasty? Well, I think you have, you have one you have to think about because they are young like this. This is about to become a very expensive team. Mm. Uh, everyone in that defense, Earl Thomas got his contract. Chancellor's going to get a contract. Sherman's going to get a contract. And like in addition to the contracts they've already given out to Michael Bennett and that defense, Bobby Wagner's going to get a bunch of money. And more importantly, Russell Wilson is coming off his rookie contract and is going to get a huge extension. People who make money... Whether whether Marshawn Lynch gets another contract is able to, to is able to stay on that team is absolutely up in the air. The conventional wisdom throughout the season was that he wasn't going to be with the team next year because it didn't make financial sense, and they could replace him in the system with uh, it's like with a great defense and with Russell Wilson. Whether the Super Bowl does anything about that or not, I don't know. But you you look at these kind of plays, these plays in the Super Bowl, these almosts. The and uh, I. Kind of. I mean, I'll, I'll shoot back. I kind of relate to what Keith Olbermann said during this week, even though people have called him a crazy person, to be like, if you look back at Tennessee and, and Kevin Dyson, one yard short against the Rams, that that was that was it for that team. Uh, like the in terms of there, there's no getting back to that highest level. And then that kind of almost that kind of punch in the gut, it 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 lingers with the team for for years. Um, before coach goes, the one thing with all due respect to Keith Olbermann. <laughs> People forget uh, the Titans were 13-3 and the next year and then just ran into that Ravens buzzsaw of a defense in the playoffs. That happens, too. Yeah. I mean, so it's not like the Titans rolled over and died after that. They were the best team in the AFC, number one seed in the AFC the next year. This defeat was so crushing to lose uh, on the one-yard line later, not because of the Dyson catch and he's just one yard short, but to give the game up like we've always discussed in the terms of not making a play. Cleveland Brown style. Yes, that yes, the, the, Ernest the, the fumble, the, more you know, the, the fumble, drive, more and the so fumble so than the drive. Here's yeah. some stats, guys, and I'm, 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 I'm that I did my little research of 49 past Super Bowls. The losing team in the bowl has only made it back to the Super Bowl. Take a guess, how many times? I'm going to say twice. The losing team has only made it back to the Super Bowl how many yeah, times? Well, I mean, what are you talking about? Uh, Do the Bills get how? Did the, the Bills, bills get three times? Of, yeah, the Bills. bills the Bills one. did it three times. Oh, so we're counting yeah, the Bills as Cowboys three. Cowboys maybe once. Yep. Well, the number is seven. It's seven times. It is seven. I even seven know. The Dolphins now, did but, it. But, but here's the mm-hmm. follow-up question. How many of those teams that went back to the Super Bowl after losing it won the Super Bowl? Ooh, I would that say two. two. Two's the number. Do you know who that last team to do it was? The Dolphins. Yes, sir. Wow. The undefeated Dolphins, Dolphins. did it, and that was in 1974, 74. and they did it. And the team, the other team was the Cowboys that did it the year before, beating mm-hmm. the Dolphins. 24-3. So, so, you, so you're talking out of 49 Super Bowls, only two champions have, have, um, have made it, two losers have made it back to win the Super Bowl. And I say to you, this, this defeat was so crushing and so demoralizing that I don't think they get back to the, to the bowl, maybe not even the playoffs coming out of the division next year. Wow. I mean, what about, what about you? How about Dan? Dan, chime in here, man, if you don't mind. What do you think, man? Seattle coming back next year? Thoughts? I mean, if they can keep their defense together, they have a pretty good shot. If Russell Wilson progresses a little bit more, they'll probably, you have to think, they might be able to upgrade at the wide receiver position. 
I mean, they it's, re- it's going to be really hard if they lose, lose Marshawn Lynch. I mean, it really does depend on how much they can keep together. And in that division, you have, Cars, uh, I believe, Carson Palmer coming back to the mm-hmm. Cardinals. The 49ers will probably be really good, and the Rams are improving. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a given, but, I mean, let's not forget that they were only in that position with that miracle catch. And, yeah. hey, the Patriots... Uh, themselves lost a pretty crushing Super Bowl just a couple years ago, and then we're back in it. So maybe they don't get back next year with the Seahawks. I mean, their window is far from shut. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a good point. I, I agree yeah. with that. I'm just saying their psyche. I'm, I'm more worried about this psyche for next year. I mean, I mean, you guys know more about how many guys are coming back, how many guys are under 26. But I'm just telling you, this is very damaging from yeah. a mental and standpoint. I, and I, I'll tell you where I, where I strongly disagree with Dan is that I think the miracle catch makes it worse, not easier. Because it makes you actually start to think like, oh, my God, this was handed to us. Like, to me, that, that's more devastating than if they'd just done a hardcore drive down the field and thrown a pick. Exactly. Like that actually, it really does make it worse because yeah. you get the gamut of the emotions. Check my Twitter feed. I mean, I say, <laughs> I say what four times, and it's about two different plays. Right. You know, first the two yeah. what's about the catch and then the two what's about the pick. Now, let's remember, they also, they also did this two games in a row. Because mm-hmm. they had to pull, they had to pull it out of there. You know what's just to get to the Good Super point. Bowl. Yep, and then to the Packers. I mean, it was there. You know, everything was falling into place. Well, you've heard the theory of the measles heartbreak. You've heard the theory of measles heartbreak, right? I don't think I've heard this oh, one. Detroit <laughs> measles heartbreak in that pass interference call, losing to the Cowboys. Cowboys measles heartbreak with that Des Bryant catch to the Packers. Packers Ooh. measles heartbreak with the two point uh, hail mary, which I've never seen before <laughs> against the Seahawks. And now the Seahawks measles heartbreak. So maybe next yeah. year the we'll Patriots have measles heartbreak yeah. as well. But the, but the AFC looks ridiculously wide open for the Patriots again next year, unless the Ravens pull it together. But like, yeah. if they're they the can, ones, if they're, they they're the ones that came to mind. With the Ravens are the only team. That yeah, the Ravens are the only team really could threaten them to knock them out. But I mean, and, and Le'Veon Be- healthy Le'Veon Bell makes the Steelers interesting. I like the Steelers, but I think I think the Bengals are a mess. Like, I think the, the, the Andy Dalton train has just left the station. Um, and you look at just the other teams. The Browns are beyond a train wreck right now. I'm just thinking of the teams that, that you, you would think would be up-and-coming teams. And there's Broncos just, windows shut. You know, the Colts. Yeah. Eh, like maybe. I mean, there's, I mean but, they, if but they sign the, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, seriously. 45-7. <laughs> to seven. The Colts with a running game is intriguing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at the same time, you saw how outskilled they were. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, like I wrote this in a column. For all my jokes about deflated balls, if they had taken a rubber chicken and wrapped that thing in silver duct tape, the Patriots still would have won that game. <laughs> Just for if the Patriots had that on offense. Yeah. That, that's it. That's that was all the first it thing they tried, actually. Really? <laughs> was the rubber chicken, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. So they may not pass by the refs' well, uh, notice in the inspections. I'm still, Dave, I'm Dave and <laughs> David, what, come, what, what comes out of deflate gate? Hmm. Oh. No, I, knowing I, that there was only one ball that was no, actually any no significant. No way! Don't say that, DC. I'm, I'm trying significantly to deflate it. Forget that. There's eleven. <laughs> well, that, it just hasn't yeah. been on record yet. I, so. And I don't want to hear what these guys are going to say about what's coming out of it. Uh, this will be. Maybe, I think I, I'm only going to say this will be the second longest and and most fruitless investigation in uh, in, in NFL history. So nothing, no penalty. <laughs> nothing. So at nothing most, at most, the, whatever the penalty is, it'll be something. Kraft agrees to with a smile. Bob mm-hmm. Kraft's power just went up exponentially with the win. That's another thing that the win does. So mm-hmm. it's it's it, it to, to say that it perverts whatever justice might have come and colors whatever outcome might have come is the understatement of the century. And the fact of the matter is this: I have it on good authority. I can't say say who. And this is an exact quote. Like Roger Goodell, quote is on fire internally. End quote. 
I mean, you might think just because they're making a lot of profits, yay, 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 but owners are sick of his crap. And so he's not going to be taking on Bob Kraft right now and that whole sector of owners around Kraft. So look for Deflategate to be deflated. Hey, this is Edge of Sports Radio. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. Edge of Sports Radio returns. Here's Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here in Edge of Sports Radio. I didn't know what people were talking about over the break. Um, Mark was saying something about wanting to eat crabs with well, Julian Edelman. As a vegetarian, uh, that offends me. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but, you know, here's the, the, the one question in the offseason. Well, Dan, Dan was raising this. Why aren't I talking about the fight at the end of the game? I Look, if we're going to talk about problems in the National Football League on this show, it's going to be about hiding concussion reports. It's going to be about violence against women. It's going to be about misogyny. It's going to be about shooting players up full of drugs so they can be out there. It's going to be out the insanely ridiculous uh, heads-up program where they try to teach moms, like, hey, tackling is yep. safe. Yep. Ugh. You know, let's yep. get Mike Golick's wife to tell everybody that tackling is safe. Yep. You know, I mean, we're, we're going to—not even the tobacco companies ever rolled out, like, kids— these things are, you know, I guess Joe Camel, but they, but you know, that's the Joe Camel of the NFL is that mom's heads up program. So no, I'm not. I mean, give me a break. Players fighting on the field. It is a crazy violent game. I'm surprised that stuff doesn't happen more. To tell you the truth, mm-hmm. I really am. And I'm sorry, but you get people acting all aghast. I mean, Chris Collinsworth, Al Michaels, what a sad way to end. No, it's the perfect way to end this NFL season, is it not? A season that started with a punch, ends with a punch, and they all show this. It all closes the loop of a sport that's founded on violence, and we delude ourselves to think that that violence is somehow this hermetically sealed, utterly corporatized, compact operation that only exists for three hours on Sunday. David Steele, any thoughts, my friend? Thank you for coming in, first of all. You're very welcome. I'm I'm also glad we didn't discuss the uh, Doug Baldwin touchdown celebration. I think that's uh, showed incredible restraint on all our parts. Do we we drop something on that? Do we drop 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 the ball? That was kind of gross. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't a fan of that at all. And this might sound really dumb. And I know it will sound dumb, maybe not the dumbest thing I've said today, according to Coach, mm-hmm. but my favorite writer is James Baldwin. And if your last name is Baldwin, I think you have a responsibility to carry yourself with a degree of class. Was, was Alec Baldwin offended by that? Uh, <laughs> Touche. <laughs> maybe Alec Baldwin shorts out James Baldwin or the, all the Baldwin brothers, which then allows Doug Baldwin to be like, wait a minute, the Baldwins get James, I can poop. <laughs> I'm trusting Russell Wilson to throw the ball to James Baldwin more now. I trust him to throw to Doug Baldwin. Well said, sir. Hey, for all the folks here, props to the Patriots. Congratulations. We are out of here. Peace. Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Tune in next week and go to edgeofsports.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.